Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartman. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Chris, what hurts, hopes, and hungers do you have today? Okay, so we're in the Easter season (laughs) for those who are tuning in, and I am so full of joy right now, I can hardly bear it. Ask me why. You you do not sound like it. I am so full of joy today. I can barely bear it. <laughs> Just ask me why, Matt. Just why, ask me why. Why, Chris? Why, so, Chris? Someone on their uh, little feed posted the ultimate pun. It was so good. Oh, yeah? So it was a picture of him driving behind a, uh, whatever, a construction vehicle. And on the back of the construction vehicle, it said rock and it said sand. Kind of to let you know what it was caring so you click on his story and it goes do 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 rock sand you don't have to put on the red light and i have been in a good mood for like an hour and a half because of that one dad joke so that's where i'm at where are you at matt oh my gosh we're gonna hear that one for years aren't we I, I've been that playing that and, moment over and over and, and over and the whole 230 thing oh my gosh we get so many dad jokes from you thanks you so asked how, me a question. What was the question you asked me? How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Like uh, so, like I don't know if you know if you want the real answer here, but it's coming. The uh, our benefit dinner is today. You know, for Ablaze Ministries, and I don't know like about you guys, but it seems like I have never been able to grow out of the effect that my first ministry experience had on me as a ministry leader. Um, and this may be something that we talk about at a later date. Who knows? It may be something we decide to dive into today. Um, But I I went into ministry so freaking confident, probably overconfident for the like what I knew, my um, knowledge, uh, like my formation, whatever. I I went into ministry like overconfident and I left that that job broken like I'd been broken down over the two years just about my ability to speak, my ability to be in front of people, my ability to teach all these other things that it's still every single time, like the day before I'm at an event where I'm going to be up on stage, it's still like is something that gets me every single time. Um, Sometimes to the point where I actually get physically ill. Like I'm not trying to get sick and I'm still taking care of myself. I'm eating well, all that stuff, but I'm stressed about it so much that I'll get a migraine, you know, or something like that. So how am I doing, Chris? Like, as compared to other events, because this is something that I, I, I've started to recognize and really like actually pray through um, and lean on Jesus more than I ever have before. Like, um, like I'm doing really well um, compared to where I have been in the past, but it's still something that I have to consciously pay attention to. So I, I'm doing well, um, but it's, a, it's, it's one of those tough times or whatever for me, which is actually, I, I don't know if it's surprising that it's tough for me. I mean, I'm the freaking president of a 27 you know, like employee organization in the church that's been around for 10 years. Why am I getting nervous about stuff like this? It makes no freaking sense, you know. But anyway, it's just the way the devil tries to attack me, you know, and tear me down. Yeah, but uh, so first of all, I agree. You're a leader among leaders. You have nothing to be nervous about. And not to mention um, that there are, that room will be filled with people that will be championing you and your cause in regards to what we're doing this evening for Ablaze Ministries. And so it is odd, but it's not the first time that has happened, right? No. The last time was, 
I think board meeting like the last time in just like the last month or so. Oh, I mean, the last time was the the last all ablaze gathering. The bo- time before that was a board meeting, you know, and it's happened at retreats before. Like when I was a youth minister um, after like when I came back from getting a graduate degree, it happened as a youth minister. So I, I'd be interested to know. And this may be something for those people listening. How much baggage are you carrying, you know, from that first few years in ministry? Like, and I don't know if if other people have had similar experiences in me, but those first few years in ministry are really formative for who you're going to be in ministry and for better or for worse. Like my guess is your experience the first couple of years, Chris, were really good. Um, And then maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Um, And so then you, you were able to build up confidence in preparation for the rocky times and so you you have this a different idea or different foundation underneath you than other people who come in and don't have that experience okay so we're we're gonna we're gonna stay here yeah this is our topic today (laughs) okay we're gonna stay here um because you went and you got a master's degree you you saw a need for formation and i think that was maybe a fruit of some of those areas where in ministry you had some growth area Right. Sure. Um, but here you are, a master's degree and, you know, 20 years in ministry later. And some of the uh, ways that those growth areas were featured or showcased or pointed out still haunt you, I, w- I would I would argue. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there can be fruits to it, but it's maybe the way that it was done. Like, do you remember moments where you were like, that is when I died inside. That is when I <laughs> lost my confidence in giving in public speaking when it comes to ministry leadership. I don't know if I remember specific moments, um, but I know that it was a repeated, you're not good at this. You need to do this better or you need to go get help. And it was a requirement for me to go to Toastmasters, you know, and I don't know if anybody, any of you have been to Toastmasters and the people that I was there with and the people that go there they need help. But I, I, I was like, <laughs> this is going to sound messed up, but I, I was offended like going to Toastmasters even more than being asked to go to Toastmasters. You know, um, that's, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> you need to go to anger management. I don't need to go to anger management. Okay. So all that, all that to, to step back, I, I, I remember my first couple of years in ministry were actually, they went really well. However, they went really well because the parish and the kind of the scene that I walked up upon, it needed a dynamic youth minister, not a dynamic ministry leader. And I make that distinction because as the program grew, so did our need for more ministers because one person can't reach out to 30, 40, 60 youth at, at, at one time. And that's when the growth area started to show that I was really good with some of the personal execution, I guess you would say, of, of ministry. Um, but in regards to the multiplying effect of ministry, that was a big growth area, especially around year two when all of my core team left because I didn't give them anything to do. It was just the Chris show. And yep. we've talked about this before. Um, but I, I was confident that I had the degree. I was confident that I could communicate Um but when it came to engaging parents, I was terrified so much mm-hmm. so that um, and I grew through it. But it was it wasn't just on my end. It was the impression of the parish as well, that they just hired kind of a, a rock star babysitter that loved Jesus. And he was really good with teens, that that type uh-huh. of reality. Yep. Um, yep. And it worked for a little bit. But when I got hired at the diocese, 
I remember leaving the adoration chapel one day, and maybe I've shared this, and uh, and someone mentioned, I he- heard you're leaving. That's that's too bad. And I said, no, it's a great opportunity. Um, the diocese has hired me to be the director of youth, young adult, and campus ministry. And she, without even thinking, it just kind of bubbled over. She goes, they hire kids at the diocese? <laughs> and then she put both hands over her mouth, and I just I just walked away. Like, I, I, how do you respond to that? And so that impression never left me, right? That uh, it's like, uh-huh. I'm not worthy to be here. I'm not, I, I don't have a place You're at the just table. A kid. You're I need just to a be kid. at the kid's table, right? And yeah. uh, and granted, my humor is much more sophomoric than the average person, which <laughs> arguably the average person doesn't have humor. I have a higher level of humor. No, a, a bigger portion of humor. It's not sophisticated, <laughs> but I have, I have more. Um, you have more of it. I have more of it. And so, um, and, and that's okay. I, I want to live life with joy and, and, and those type of things. And I'm okay with that. But sometimes when that comes across and people are like, now is not the time, like, let's finish the burial before you start dropping jokes. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just a stupid kid. And I kind of fall into that kind of self-deprecating oh, yeah. type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, so so how, how do we navigate that, I guess, is the next question. because Well, and as ministry leaders, we're going to pick up baggage at different places and, and different types of baggage, you know, along the way. For me, it was uh, I'm not good at skits or, or whatever, like that thing. I'm not good at that. And so that's another thing that, I carry around his baggage. You know, I'm not a good actor. And maybe that's just like given. I just don't have that gift. <laughs> and that's okay. Maybe that's not baggage. Maybe that's just a truth about myself that I've learned. Um, but like in my ministry, like where I was starting, um, when I started ministry, I was following a rock star. I was following someone who 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 create like built the youth ministry there. It went from zero to like a really good program in four years that he was there. And so then on comes this new, like <laughs> new to youth ministry, new to like probably new to my faith. The last time I studied my faith was eighth grade, you right. know, and, and they, and God called me there. There's no doubt God called me there, but the expectations that were set from them, from me were way too high. You know what they were expecting? They were expecting me to be another gym and it just wasn't, there was no way for that to happen. Especially not from Z, like from day one, and not know? a year four gym. I mean, not a year one gym. They were expecting no, yeah. you to be a year four gym, yeah. and I think that that's the challenge. Because as I've tra- transitioned out of the parish that I was at, some people are like, "It's different." And I was like, "I was there for ten years, so me on my tenth year compared to anyone in their first year, including me on my first year. Like if first year me came in and replaced my position, they'd be like." <laughs> This guy's no good compared to the <laughs> yeah. last guy. I'm like, this, this is the sucks. same guy, <laughs> right? And so there are those those realities, but all of a sudden, then in ministry, you continue on being like, I'm not Jim. I'm not Jim. I'm not yeah. Jim. Yep. And you carry that same that same baggage. Yeah. So, so my question to you is, do we need to get better at carrying the baggage? Like, let's just get stronger so that we can carry this with us. Do we need to figure out how to let down the baggage and just walk away from it? Or is there some in-between thing where we open up the baggage and be like, what can I learn from it? And I'm going to take this on and I'm going to wear it. But the other baggage I'm going to leave behind because those clothes don't fit me and those are lies or, you know, not yeah. true. I, I mean, it sounds like the latter is is the right way to go. And it's one of those things is like until you recognize it and actually are able to define it well, there's no way for you to make a strategy to attack it. Like, again, it's weird for like this definition of this baggage or whatever you want to call it um, to be happening right now in my life. Like I, I, there were some things that I probably recognized 
like on a very superficial level that existed, but being able to actually like see it, define it, nail down, like, like potentially where it came from. Now it's like, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with. Um, or at least I think I do. And, and I can make a plan of attack and I can, I can ask God, like, what do you want me to do with this? Like, what is my plan of attack here? Or is this one of those crosses that I, that I have to bear, you know, that it's going to happen every time. I just have to take this cross to Jesus every time. Like yesterday, this is just kind of how I coped with it yesterday. Not, I mean, not coped with it. This is what I did with it. And typically what I would do is I'd go, I'd go have a drink. Cause it's it was like, forget it. I'm gonna have a drink, you know, and like, but Yesterday, I, I, I went and worked out and I was like, okay, working out is, is going to help. It's going to release all those endorphins or whatever and, and help me feel better. And it didn't. Like it did a little bit, but not a lot. And so then on the way home, um, I had just looked at my daughter because she came and went to the gym with me to work out. And I looked at my daughter and I was like, just so you know, I'm going to like play some music loud because daddy's a little sad right now and I need to praise God. And so I, I, I turned on, like, these are some old songs, like, I don't know if anybody, like, whatever, but I turned on Great I Am, which is one that in my vocal range, I can belt out and I love it. And so I, I played Great I Am, I played a couple of other, you know, just praise and worship songs. And I've never done that before in response to um, sadness or insecurity. whatever. Yeah. insecurity. I've never done that before. So that's the first time that I've done that in, in the face of that. So I think that is like just me sharing with everybody kind of what I'm doing now to deal with some of that stuff. So learning about it is, is the best way to start. And then like actually, actually taking it to Jesus is it's amazing what, what he can do with it. <laughs> yeah. Acknowledging it. And I think about it now, looking back, there's knowing what to do and knowing how to do it. Right. And so I was really good in my first couple of years at the execution of ministry. I wasn't really good at the planning and kind of the, all the other organizational pieces. So I knew how to execute. The youth nights were always fun, but they didn't reach, I don't think, to the level that God had desired because I didn't know how to build that. I didn't know how to put the infrastructure in. Right. And it sounds like you had a couple of issues with some of the execution, like the talk or the skits or something like that. But to be able to name it first, I think is important. Where is the source of insecurity? And if you can name the spot that it came from and you were able to name, it was in your first ministry position, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, some insecurity is, is met just with training, right? Like yeah. I am insecure about flying a plane because I don't know how to fly a plane. Like, well, go learn how to fly a plane, take some lessons, and then you'll be more confident. And so that sometimes these insecurities lead us to formation that leads us to become better. Other times they become baggage. And I think that's yeah. where it becomes concerning is when we define ourselves by something that is a, a mistruth or a lie. And yep. I, I remember praying over teens before they would give a talk or a testimony to retreat or something like that. And I would just literally say, in the name of Jesus, I cast away the lie that, that you're not good enough for mm -hmm. this. Yep. I cast away the lie that, that, that your story is not a story worth people hearing. Right, that the God's work in you is not something worthy to be proclaimed, and so to to name it so that you can move it away, I think is an important piece of baggage, or at least not move it away as much as give it to the Lord, because I can't carry all the baggage. Yeah, yeah. but the Lord is there to carry the baggage. In fact, He can take the baggage, and He can bring back new garments for us. Right. Yep. And there's something beautiful about the new wineskin and those different things in scripture that Jesus talks about, that there's a season of renewal 
that's ongoing in our life, which is why, yes, during this season, we celebrate the resurrection during the Easter season, but also every Sunday, even during the Lenten season, we celebrate the resurrection. So are we finding ourselves in that rhythm and that cycle of renewal? And are we allowing some of these insecurities to enter into kind of the spin cycle of God's renewal, his love and his mercy? And I can't help but wonder if there was something in your soul that saw that and just said, God is bigger than this. I need to unleash God on my insecurities right now. And then you turn up the tunes and your daughter looks at you funny and you just belt it out. I think that's beautiful. What was fun was she, like she actually joined in with me, um, and she she knows a lot of the a lot of that too, which was which was a lot of fun. It's rebuking those lies and like resting in the truth that this is who God made me to be. This and this is the position, and and this goes for everybody freaking listening. This is where God has called you to be. He has given you this ministry, this space. He's trusted you with it. Just like he trusted Moses, just like he trusted Aaron, like just like he's trusted like so many other broken people in the past, like Peter, like with 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 freaking the being the rock of the church. I mean, it's it's amazing, like that he he chooses to use us, but he has chosen us. He has chosen you, you know, to do this, um, and and it's not a mistake. Like he didn't have you there on accident. Um, and and just knowing that truth, resting in that truth, will will give us. hopefully it will give us strength, you know, in the midst of all that. Well, and alongside that, I I want to acknowledge that the gifts that you have, he has given you. The gifts that you don't have, if they're needed, he has given someone else. Amen. And so I have never been good at aesthetics when they're like, let's decorate for the youth night. I'm like, let's put up a light. Like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) This is great. Let's do this. Jesus is light of the world. Here's a lamp, you know, and, uh, and I'll call that decor atmosphere. But I always have people around me that are passionate about it. So I'm oh, like, yeah. who would like to do this? This is not, they're looking at me. I, I have mismatched socks. I wore corduroys well <laughs> into the 2010s. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> in regards to like, I don't have the aesthetic thing down at all, oh, you know? Corduroys. And that's <laughs> true. You could light a match off my pants. But uh, anyways, it, it's, it's something to where it's like maybe some of these pieces you just need to be okay with like, okay, yeah. I am never going to lead worship in a way that will make people want to listen to the song. It does make <laughs> them want to sing louder than me so that they don't have to hear my voice. And and I have an okay voice, but it's not a leadership voice in that area. But I do have a leadership voice when it's time to call people forth into that ministry. Hey, we're starting a worship team or we need some people to lead who has these gifts and I can help call those out. And that's enough. That's more than yeah. enough for the ministry. And so... Um, me trying to be all things to all people actually is also a denial of God's gifts in me because one of God's gifts in me is uh, is making space for some of these other gifts because he did not give me that specific gift. And so Amen. that yep. would be the second piece is sometimes the baggage you're carrying isn't yours. It's okay yep. that you, you can't do A, B, or C because someone else can do A, B, or C, but only you can do X, Y, and Z. And maybe it's lower on in the alphabet, but still embrace it. <laughs> and I don't know if we've said, if I said this before in this podcast, but it seems like it fits here is like some of the, the trite sayings, you know, of, oh, God won't give you any more than you can handle. Like I, every time I hear someone say that I call BS um, because that's not true. Um, we won't give ourselves any more than we can handle because we don't want to trust God. Um, but God always gives us more than we can handle almost always because we, we have to rely on him, right? Like it has to be more than what I can do. 
Otherwise, I don't need God, you know, and, and we need to need him. <laughs> and so he, he always gives us more than what we can handle. The, the problem is, is sometimes we don't recognize that it's God that has to help me carry this or God that has to carry this. We, we try to think it's all on our own. Um, and that's not true. It is not meant to be carried that way. Um, sometimes he will leave like this. And that's what Paul, you know, wrestles with. You know, I have this thorn on my side that I have to struggle with and God hasn't taken away. So I guess I have to carry this. You know, there are some things that like God is not going to take away that you're just going to have to carry. Um, it's hard and it's it stinks, you know, um, but he we we have a an abundant God who is going to walk with us through all of that. And that's just something that I, I, I always have to say, because whenever death happens in life or whenever tragedies happen in people's life, oh, God won't give you more than you can handle. It's like, shut up. <laughs> like, that does not help me at all. <laughs> yeah, I think there is a challenge that, that we have as ministry leaders, uh, because like we are the ones who are holding left holding the stick at the end of the day. Like, OK, that didn't go well. This person's testimony or the, this song or or the whole night or the building was locked, whatever it was, something with ministry went awry and you're the ministry leader over this ministry, particular ministry. So it must be your fault. Mm-hmm. And therefore you're a bad Catholic. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Maybe they've implied it like, oh, you should have done better. I mean, I even have people that are like, yeah, heresy kind of got accidentally taught at my youth night. What should I do? I'm like, clarify it. Like, what a neat opportunity just to bring clarity to the situation and talk about how the church is a dialogue, you know. But we're left saying that we are a, I am a failure, <laughs> right? Yeah. Back to that, <laughs> yeah, that episode. Right. I am a failure. I am a failure. I am a failure. I am a failure. Um, because the ministry was not successful and we wear we wear our burdens like that. And I think that's a very dangerous mentality that has led people away, not just from ministry, which everyone is called to ministry by virtue of their baptism. So that's a rejection of God's gifts that he's given you and also our vocation as a child of God. But it's also led people away from the church. I know ministry leaders who have left the church because they felt like, oh, I accidentally, you know, touched something sacred, which was the ministry that I'd been entrusted with, and it got a crack in it. So I can't touch anything Catholic ever again mm, because yeah. all I do is break things. I'm 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 someone that breaks things, and I think that's where like I have a uh, I had a, a a boss that was like, if we fail, what can we learn from it? That's the opportunity there. So we need yep. to take risks so that we can learn and grow from it. And there was a freedom in regards to having ideas. Yeah. Because if we're yeah. just playing it safe, I think we fall into that same mentality of like, God's not going to give us more than we can handle. Well, actually, we're not stretching so far to where we're completely dependent on the Lord. Like yeah. that's the beauty of true ministry is when we're walking on water. When we're staying in the boat, we have nothing more than we can't handle. Yeah. I don't know if the context of that <laughs> sentence makes sense, but but you get what I'm saying. But he calls us out upon the water, and that's a powerful thing to be able to live in that reality as ministry leaders. And he calls us out on the water, even in the midst of our own insecurities, even in the midst of our baggage, like step out on the water and be bold enough to say the Lord is there and just keep our eyes fixed on him. Amen. One of the things that I like that has come up now is, you know, what about when we have an opportunity to speak into someone else's life where they actually need to improve. So in, in my situation back when I was in ministry um, and, and even several times after that, if there are things that I needed to improve on 
that were obviously essential to my role um, or things that I wasn't doing well that were obviously essential to my role that I needed to improve on, what could they have done to help me? Um, and I think there, there are definitely ways to help someone improve without tearing them down in the process. And, and maybe, you know, maybe that's a, that's a fine line and that's a tough line to, to walk. But there are going to be times when we need to help someone be better at doing something, not tell them they shouldn't do it. You know, and that's like, this is part of your role. You're going to have to be able to do this. Um, I could just take over and tell you you can't do this. Or I could coach you. I could offer to help. I could, you know, do something to help you grow as in that area that you need to grow in. And I think that's the beauty of team because even in certain areas, like this needs to get done is different than saying you need to do this. Mm-hmm. My handwriting is horrible. Sacramento records was not a good thing for me to be doing because people would be like, who is scribble, scribble, shaky hand. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. We can't figure out who that name is in the Sacramento record book. And so I delegated because it needed to get done. It didn't mean that I had to do it. And someone empowered me the way that they taught me. I was able to train someone else on how to do that. And so that that's one aspect is changing from you need to do this to this needs to get done. The other piece is coming to a higher level because as ministry leaders, we're going to have volunteers and other people that we interact with. And those people are going to hear things the way that we say things and share things to where that could lead to them having baggage as well. First, we take a step back. The high view is that God desires quality ministry in every parish, in every church throughout the whole world for every every single one of his children. Like he desires that. And so if we're not experiencing that, what needs to change? Because there is a pathway for it. Sometimes it seems like, well, there's no way I can do that. There's no pathway for it. The second piece is always speak and call out like God has put you here at this time in this season for a reason. And so let's figure out the reason because maybe it's not uh, the, uh, the approach is the problem, not the person, not the ministry leader, so to speak. And so maybe we need to try a different approach to meet the need that stands before us. And then last but not least, it's simple, but an affirmation sandwich to speak something good. You're really good at this area. We, uh, we could improve in this area and this is how, but lastly, I just want to affirm your call because look at all these fruits, right? Yeah. Awesome. So Thanks for the therapy session. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I guess I guess we'll do that other topic uh, next week on Ministry yeah. Leaders Anonymous. But you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's so important for us to uh, to have measured vulnerability. I know Matt and I have been conversing for a while, and we found this place to be a place where we can be authentically vulnerable with each other and with you, the listener. Um, but I do want to encourage you to find one other person where you can process some of these things because the baggage that we carry, we should not carry alone. And the baggage that we carry, I think it's sometimes nice to say like, Matt, stop being stop being dumb. Like you yeah. are amazing at a speaker, as a speaker. You're going to do awesome tonight. And you are a leader among leaders. And that's a powerful thing. Someone who can speak truth maybe into the lies that have been cast on you from years ago so that you can have that freedom to function as a child of God, as a ministry leader uh, to the fullness of your abilities. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to us today. Let's continue this conversation online and please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with peoples. With peoples. Awesome. And here at <laughs> Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to lift your baggage to the Lord and then walk on water. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you. God bless you.